This is the Arsenic Moon Podcast. Where the shadows are illuminated. I'm your host, Wolf, and today we're going to talk about a very special happening in my personal life concerning my spirituality, my interaction with the Shakti Ma Kali. So sit back, relax, grab some chai, maybe uh, get comfy on the couch and uh, sit and talk with me about these happenings and maybe something in this you can relate to and we can learn from each other. Kali is a space mother. Dancing, whirling, orbiting, revolving with all the worlds around her. She wants your success. Despite whatever superficial opinions you may have, don't refuse to listen to her. You need to know her. You ought to get to know her. Getting to know her, befriending her is by some worth everything. Everything that she takes, consumes. Everything she destroys. Everything she passionately dances over. All she denounces or dismisses, take this, she is worth way more than all of that way more than any title or any degree. Take her words to heart directly. Trust your instinct. Above all, learn how to be wild, is what she says. Be free. She insists if you could listen, all could be saved, ultimately even things that she has destroyed. All of this rings very true for me. When considering my interaction with Ma Kali over the last few days, and really over the last few weeks of the buildup of my interaction with her. Long story short, I was in a local metaphysical shop. Shout out to Horace at uh, Madame Meerkat's Cabinet of Curiosities. If you're in Wilmington, North Carolina, you should definitely head over there. But anyway, I, uh, I went in and I was needing some incense because if I have less than 20 incense at a time, I have not enough incense, right? And I go in and I am immediately drawn to this particular package. And I can't really see the whole thing from what I remember. I just saw you know, like a side of it. And I picked it up and it had uh, Jai Mai. Jai Mai. Oh, one second. Words are like really hard, you guys. And I am just. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying, I'm trying to be really serious for this particular episode because it feels heavy to me, you know, the, the, the energy of this. But once again, I got to be true to myself and just be silly and kooky. Anyway, Jai Ma Kali. Uh, Shakti incense. I picked it up and I saw the imagery on it, you know, with uh, her hands, her many hands, and she's standing you know, on this guy's chest and her tongue is sticking out and she's got this trident and a skull and a, you know, a, a severed head. And of course, I'm like, that's metal and I need it. You know, so I pick it up and I smelled it and I was like, oh my God, this smells amazing. It's kind of like if, um, Nag Champa and Dragon's Blood, like, had a baby. That's what this would smell like. It smells really good. So anyway, I picked it up. 
I bought it, got home, wanted to burn it, but I never, never did. Not right away, at least. I shouldn't use finite terms like that. I did eventually, obviously, but uh, right away I didn't burn it. And um, a few days pass and I finally get around to burning it. And I'm like, oh, secularly, this smells great, you know, whatever. And things started to kind of shift in my head. And I was like, okay. Because when I burn incense, you know, for a moment, I, I take a moment, you know, and I just kind of, I, I set it aside and I say, okay, well, whatever intention that this has, you know, let it, let it come to me in some shape or form. I did that like I normally do, but then something in me just kind of like waved at that intention as it kind of fluttered away and I forgot about it. And a few days later, I ended up doing a, a sage, I sage the house or I tried to sage the house and the sage wouldn't stay lit. And when it was lit, it just kept kind of like the smoke kept coming at my face and I'm just like, okay, I get it. Like <laughs> I need to cleanse myself. I get it, you know? Um, but I had the Ma Kali incense burning and, um, I was actually trying to do, uh, a, a, a cleansing and, a, a, a dedication to Sachmet and, um, you know, and so that was my intent and, you know, Sachmet, uh, is the Egyptian goddess, you know, concerning the battlefield and battle and protection and all of that, which is funny getting to that in a minute. So after I dealt with Sachmet and did, you know, tried to cleanse the apartment, ended up just, you know, inhaling a lot of sage smoke. Um, I was like, well, that was a flop. And I thought it was a huge flop. And then a few days later or a day or so later, I get this email saying, unfortunately, uh, you know, we appreciate your uh, application to work at this, you know, retail, uh, you know, chain. However, you know, we've decided to move forward with different candidates. And I was really crushed, you know, like I've got a good resume. I'm a good person. Like I do good work. Like I am good. You know, who's a good dog? I'm a good dog, you know. So... I text my boyfriend and I was like, you know, crying. I was like, what is wrong with me? Why won't people hire me? You know? And he texts me back like, what the fuck? You know? And then a little bit later or just after that, I didn't really get the sequence of the text messages that I received. I just know he said it. He said, it's cause you're supposed to do this and this and, and you know, you're being directed to follow your passion. And in that moment, I just, I adored him even more. He's, he's just an amazing human being. But anyway, so I said, yeah, maybe sure. Okay, it doesn't take away the sting of rejection, right? Nobody likes to feel rejected. So I come over to my, my little mini altar. I've got a big the big secretary that I mentioned that has like all the books and everything just on top of it. And then I've got this little writing desk that's like across from it, like they look at each other. And the writing desk is what has all the candles and the cards and the skulls and, and the incense and the, the athame and all that. And So I usually do a lot of work over there. Um... Yeah, the secretary is like my stationary altar. Nothing moves on that on that altar. Like my antlers and my, you know my flowers and my herbs and stuff stay over there. Anyway, so I go over to my baby altar, and I am setting things up. And I'm like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I need to light candles and I and I need some incense. And so I go over to my table, and I've got this other table. I've got lots of tables. I go over to this other table, and the it's like one of those lift top coffee tables, and it's got storage underneath. And I I put all of my incense in there and I looked at Vishnu I've got a Vishnu one that I picked up I was like it's just it's just not it's not dark enough it's not heavy enough I mean you know Vishnu's appearance is dark but he's associated with bringing light and peace to the world and I was just really angry I wanted to fuck somebody up you know I was like 
damn it, this is not going my way. You know, I wanted something a little more violent, I guess. And then I looked over at the imagery of Ma Kali. And I said, oh, yes, that'll do. So I picked it up. Now, if you don't know what the imagery of her her uh, deity looks like, uh, she, uh, well, <laughs> she's called the Mother Destroyer for a reason. She's got like a necklace of skulls, um, a skirt of severed arms, a uh, severed head in one hand, a trident, a sword, um, a skull for the capturing of blood. It's like a... a, a a skull like in the shape of a, go- a goblet or like a cup, if you will. And her tongue is like sticking out like the uh, Maori people will do uh, in battle. Like where they, you know, or like the lion's pose in yoga, whatever that's called. She's got her tongue sticking out. Uh, she's surrounded by like lightning and fire and battlefield. And her skin is like this really dark almost like midnight blue and um she's standing on a man's chest and there's a serpent wrapped around him like it's just it's like i said it's (laughs) super metal so i picked up like yes this is the one i need this will work destroy everything and i go over i stuff it in the incense holder i light my candles and i'm looking at my deer skull and i'm saying you know this is this is the offering this is what i have this is you know the, the, the patience that I've tried to keep a hold of. This is the truth that wasn't my own. This is everything. This is the material bullshit that I don't know. You know, I, I was just really angry. And I said, I just need to let it go. I need, I need something. I need some centering. I need, I need to feel empowerment. I'm angry. I don't have any patience left. My follow through, my swing arm is getting lazy. And I'm finding it hard to honor myself. I lit the incense. And I sat down. And then I felt this need to have some kind of like mantra. But I didn't know what it was. I needed some kind of music and I don't have any drums or anything. And I'm... So I got up like any good practitioner and I went to YouTube and I found this really great, I posted it on my page already at the Arsenic Moon uh, Facebook page, this really great um, meditative thing. And then there was another one after it that I really liked that worked really well and I'd sat there with this music and I ended up singing along with it, chanting along and just getting kind of lost in the moment. And then when it was all done, I felt like it was done. I was like, okay. I felt a little more at ease. I felt a little more creative. But it wasn't like this big pivotal moment like you guys are expecting to hear. Right? There was no thunderclap. There was no, you know, fire in the sky kind of thing. It was more like a, okay, well, I've expelled that frustration. And I went about my day writing and, you know, recording my podcast and doing whatever. And then the next day, and I'm stumbling upon this article, and this woman is talking about getting to know your tarot deck. And 
I keep trying to use my Damon Tarot. You know, I'll, I'll post pictures of certain cards, you know, on my Instagram and talk about the deities and things of that nature. But as far as using the cards consistently in divination, I, it was hit and miss for me too. You know, like, uh, I don't really trust you, what you're saying. So there's this interview, your deck thing. And I'll post uh, what my takeaways from it on the Facebook page. But I went through these motions and I, I asked these specific questions and I got these answers, you guys, that just really made my skin crawl. And when I say made my skin crawl, I mean, like my hair was standing up like, oh, my God, this is like a synchronistic moment of my life. Like, how is this even possible right now? And the overall message that I got from my, dar- my tarot deck, I'm going to pull out my notes now. It's transforming your anger and fear into understanding. I got chills again. Because not a few days before, I did this whole mantra, divination, whatever, sacrifice thing. Not sacrifice, but you know, metaphorical sacrifice thing to Kalima. And I said, I'm, I'm angry. I don't have any patience. My persistence is wearing thin. I'm uncentered and the (laughs) message I get is that my deck is a teacher that will give me no bullshit while illuminating my path. However, I need to remember that the energy is in me. And that there are no prescribed answers or easy remedies. That in some ways you are your own master. And you do not need to make assumptions based off of someone's title. (laughs) Did I not just say that earlier? She denounces and dismisses any title. Because she's everything, right? So I got that message and I wanted to puke. (laughs) Uh, Do not make assumptions based on title. Stand in your power, however short or small you may think you are. Uh, Know your worth. Teach yourself humility. But also, do not box yourself in and know that you are powerful. Very dualistic kind of a feeling. Um, Don't box yourself in. Again, I keep getting that message. Don't box yourself in. Uh, I got the message of learning to listen, learning to communicate with what you do not see and learn to trust the signs that each source gives you. And in all of that, and doing all of that, being teachable, right? Following your path. Don't bullshit yourself. Learn to listen. You will be able to communicate, co-create, manifest, and you will be able to annihilate fear and be beyond the fear so you may find your supreme reality like you guys (laughs) what (laughs) so i'm like okay all right then all right all right bitch i hear you and the last card that i pulled I asked, what do I need to focus on right now to move forward and have success? This was last night, you guys. Okay. 
What do I need to focus on right now to have success? How do I move forward? How do I follow through? Right? The last card I got was Beirevia. Beirevra? I can never say these words right, you guys. I'm so sorry. Berevra. And Beirevra was um, uh, a creation of... Um, uh, oh, God. I just forgot his name. I just forgot his name. <laughs> uh, Colin DePlancy created this character based on the dark side of Shiva, who is, uh, now I'm going to butcher it again, uh, Bahirava, maybe? It's B-H-A-I-R-A-V-A. Bahirava, maybe? Um, his further name is uh, Mahakala Bahirava. He stands for annihilation. He stands, I'm not, I'm not making this up, annihilation, supreme reality, destroyer of fear. He basically is the end-all, be-all, creates, sustains, and dissolves. He stands for not interfering with source, so he stands for trusting the universe. And he's indistinguishable from Kali. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I kept going down the rabbit hole, and that's where I found it. I found this writing. It said, he is indistinguishable from Kali. And I said, okay. Because <laughs> not a day ago, two days ago, had I done this big thing, right? On my little altar with her, for her, trying to call out to her for some kind of centered, I need, I need a buoy, I need a life raft. I'm afraid everything is impossible. And then I get this when I say, what do I need to do right now to find myself grounded? find myself successful, right? She banishes profit, possession, prisons, slavery, and all manner of traps. With her as the queen of heaven and subconscious, revolution, death, birth, beginning, and constant change. Did I not say a few weeks ago that maybe this... Um, change is the stability right i mean like i don't know it's just it's it's really intense for me i'm getting a little like uh mind blown again but anyway so then i, f I stumble upon this uh website carolyn edit presents witch and the article is kali speaks I, you cannot make it up, you guys. Like, you just can't. So, because I, I googled <clears throat> Ma Kali after, after this little incident with my cards, right? I googled it this morning before I did the podcast, okay? Kali speaks. Trust your instinct and inspire trust. And last night, what did I say happened? Don't interfere with source. The cards say to trust. Transform your anger and fear into understanding. She's indistinguishable from the card that I drew last night as my answer for what do I need to focus on to move forward. Okay. So now I'm on this website and this, this woman, her name is uh, Whitney Sparks. And she's writing about Kali. And she says this. 
quote, see yourself empowered. If anything, a survivor, not a victim, not because harm done to you or that you've experienced isn't wrong, bad or painful, but don't be a victim because you have more power, more power, more energy to transform and heal from any injury you remain undefined from. You are unlimited. Don't victimize yourself. Empower others with your ability to see possibility. Empower yourself and the others in your ability to act. Provide opportunities for others like you that you have overcome and over are overcoming, even if it's just the chance to talk. What am I doing right now? Like, come on. <laughs> Remember that all of this is a process, she said. Nourish yourself and take care of your surroundings. Keep learning. Never close your mind. What did I say earlier from my cards? Learn to listen. Remain teachable. Right? Co-create in this. Never close your mind. Think of the greater, the greatest good you can possibly envision as often as possible. Nothing is impossible. Love when and wherever. She says further that to dwell in infinite possibility, that's Kali's ultimate reality, her dream, her offer, her promise, her sentence, everything through all time. She banishes profit again, like I said, and that anything that's going to hold you back, she's going to remove it from your life. Okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> These jobs I can't land. These people that I think are my friends that don't respond to me. She makes possible the things that you need. My tribe is still here. My good friends are still here. You know, I've been led back to tribe. I've been led back to moon tribes. Those are my people. The people who have come into my life who stick around that are my friends who are not part of tribe. You know, and the weirdest thing too is that random people are now coming out of the woodwork again. So my heightened my senses are heightened once again to be aware. So My interaction with Kali has been eye-opening, to say the least. And I feel like I'm on to something, right? I wanted to give a little bit of backstory on the Mother Destroyer. Um, this information comes from uh, kashgar.com.au and uh, the author is just Linda. I, I mean, on here, there's not like where it's obvious. Oh, here it is. Shut up. <laughs> uh, Linda Heffy. Anyway, 
it's a long article. I will link it for you because it's rather informative and well-written. But um, on the topic of Kali, just as a goddess or a deity, she is spanning all time, basically. Uh, back in uh, 1200 BC, she was first mentioned in a collection of hymns and mantras. Uh, but in those hymns and mantras, uh, she was not a goddess, but actually a fierce black tongue. One of seven, actually, that belonged to um, Agni, the god of fire. And uh, it would be another 400 years before Kali is described as an individual in her own right. Uh, she appears about 600 CE in uh, the Devi Matamaya. Devi Matamaya? Dev it's a, um, <clears throat> a book that... Uh, talks about uh, the battlefield and how she's a goddess that provides the wrath of Durga. Um, her aspect at this time is pretty terrifying. Uh, she's depicted as a skeletal frightening crone, colored black and wearing animal skins, carrying uh, the skull-topped staff associated with tribal shamans. Um, she's originally uh, associated with her beginnings with Shiva, um, and uh, describes how Shiva asks his wife uh, Parvati to defeat the demon Daruka, um, who only a female can kill. Well, Parvati merges with Shiva and reappears as Kali um, and uh, defeats the demon, but at a terrible cost because her bloodlust becomes uncontrollable, only calming when Shiva intervenes, right? Um, and uh, there's another story that when Shiva addresses uh, Paravati is Kali, a.k.a. the Black One. She is affronted and performs certain austerities to lose her dark complexion, ultimately generating Kali as a separate entity. In any regard, Kali is associated with Shiva. Her name is the feminine form of uh, Kala, uh, and uh, it ties her inevitably to him. Uh, she's regarded as the Shakti of Shiva. Um... If you're at all familiar now, I probably shouldn't get into this, but if you're at all familiar with like ancient Egyptian um, theology and mythology and lore and uh, ancient Egyptian religion, you could probably or you probably will uh, make the connection or the tie between the two schools of thought that there is uh, Shakti. That the Shakti, sorry, my phone uh, did a thing, I had to plug it in. That the Shakti is uh, the power source, uh, very similar to uh, like in Kemetism uh, of ancient Egypt, uh, the, um, the Ba, the Ka, and the Ak. Uh, so side note, <clears throat> ancient Egyptians thought that each person was made up of like five distinct parts. And um, the physical body was the Ak. And the Ka was essentially a person's double. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, you had the name and the shadow. So sometimes in like ancient Egyptian uh, folklore, uh, a god could have um, another god that was very closely related to them that the ancient Egyptians believed was the Ka of the original god. You know, so anyway, long story short, um, it's just 
side note, like historically speaking, when you look at religion, it's very interesting how the same themes keep popping up of, oh, well, this is Shiva, but uh, his Shakti is Mahakali, you know, or, you know, things of that nature. Anyway, we'll get back more probably on that topic later. Um, but back to, <laughs> back to uh, Kashgar.com, where I'm sourcing this information about Kali from, is that uh, she loses her dark complexion, generating uh, Kali as a separate entity, um, and then being associated with Shiva, uh, she's regarded as his, as his Shakti, just to kind of backpedal a little bit. Um, she appears in writings besides Shiva, she plays an opposite role um, to that of Paravati. So Paravati soothes Shiva, neutralizing his destructive tendencies, and Kali is actively provoking and encouraging him to be destructive. Um, there's a scholar, his name is David Kinsley, and he says, quote, it is never Kali who tames Siva, but Siva who must tame Kali. So it's very interesting how uh, the duality and the dynamic of that little trio of, of uh, gods and goddesses kind of, or entities, energies work together. In her early appearances, Kali was frequently associated with uh, violent endeavors on the battlefields. Um, a legendary battle! Like, a <laughs> so if you're on the Moon Tribes community page, I just posted this uh, meme, and it's like when my foot moves quickly underneath the blankets and my cat sees it, and then it like has an image of uh, Tai Long from the Kung Fu Panda movie. Where he goes, finally, a worthy opponent. Our battle shall be legendary. You know, so anyway, anytime I see legendary battle, those two words together, I instantly think of Kung Fu Panda. But anyway, um, she has this legendary battle with this crazy demon. And she's manifested by Durga to deal with the situation that really just kind of like blew out of proportion. And none of the other gods could handle it. Because every drop of blood spilled by this terrible demon becomes a deadly fighting clone. That's the problem. So it's kind of like the Hydra effect, you know, like Hercules keeps chopping off heads and heads just keep growing. <laughs> it's like, would you quit it with the head slice and bang, you know? So um, Kali turns the battle around uh, and defeats him because she drains his blood before it touches the ground and then devours all of his replicates. So she's just like, no, motherfucker, fuck you. I'm taking this, taking that. I'm going to eat you babies, you know? So she's kind of a badass. Um, but in the story, she's brought to play uh, when the decisive action is required. I have got goosebumps again, because right back to uh, why we're you know, listening is this little experience that I had. I had this meditative experience a few days ago, and I called on Ma Kali, not really knowing why or what I was doing, other than the fact that I liked the imagery and the incense smelled really good um, because I needed decisive action interesting but uh, she's brought into play in history when decisive action is required um, and when resolve must be shown and you know also when dark must be matched with dark but we're not going to get on that topic okay um, she's summoned by a group of criminals who decide to sacrifice a human to her image in order to gain her favor in other stories um, but uh, moving along moving along uh, she was integrated, integrated, intra. <laughs> Words are hard, you guys. <laughs> the fact that I have dyslexia is probably really great because otherwise I'd be way too serious all of the time and I would never learn how to laugh at myself. Also, I refuse to edit this stuff. Like, so when I'm spitting it out, 
and then you're listening to it whenever you're listening. This is exactly what happened. Like there is no like me going back into a, an editing program and making it pretty. Like <laughs> anyway, Kali was well integrated into the Vedic Hindu tradition. Now Vedic is the Orthodox Hindu um, traditions. Um, she developed a parallel relationship with Tantra. Now, Tantric uh, teachings um, are a collection of ancient magical stories and folk practices. Then they exist alongside Vedic tradition. So they're kind of like the supplementation um, to that. And they can be considered to hold like the more tribal origins of Kali uh, more faithfully than the Vedic ones. The Vedic ones kind of polish her up quite a bit. Uh, but one of the meanings of Kali's name is, quote, the force of time. So when we look at it this way, she's considered to stand outside of the constraints of space-time. You know, so again, I love her even more because every time I start this show, I sit here and I say, well, what are the constructs of time? I don't know what time it is. Um, she has no permanent qualities. Uh, she's existed before the universe was created. Remember, she was just a black tongue at one point. Um, and she uh, is considered to stand... Uh, through the test of time uh, until the universe ends. She has no physical limitations of color, light, good or bad. Uh, she's a symbol of nature, being primordial, creative, nurturing and devouring, but ultimately loving and benevolent. Uh, so once again, very much like the Baphomet. Um, very, uh, a lot of hermetic qualities going on here. But anyway, um, in this aspect of goodness, she's referred to as Kali Ma, Mother Kali or Divine Mother. And a lot of Hindus actually revere and worship her in this particular form. Uh, but in tantric meditation, her dual nature leads practitioners to simultaneously face the beauty of life and the reality of death. Understanding that one cannot exist without the other, as above, so below. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So uh, it's worth noting that Shiva, in his role of destroyer of worlds, also stands outside of the boundaries of the physical universe and is well complemented by his association with Kali. So... Once again, they're very much almost, I mean, I don't want to say they're the same thing, but they're kind of like two peas in a pod, right? Lastly, I just want to kind of touch on her symbolism, and then we're going to wrap this up for today. Um, she is known to be dreadfully unpredictable, at least to those people who try to control her. Um... Devotion came very late for her, as far as, like, religious historical context goes. Uh, but in the 17th century, Kali received a makeover from the tantric uh, Bengali poets of northwest India. And uh, they really polished her up quite a bit. Uh, she's no longer that terrifying red-eyed, you know, skeletal crone. Uh, she began to be depicted as a voluptuous, uh, motherly, young, beautiful woman with a gentle smile attractive ornamentation and pleasing blue complexion um she continued to have this you know brandish weaponry and, and several severed heads and things of that nature uh, but two of her hands now made soothing gestures uh, which are the mudras of fearlessness and blessing so in modern times her image reflects duality right like we had mentioned earlier uh kali is depicted in the act of killing but smiles engagingly <laughs> so i don't really know if that's like <laughs> No, I don't have a psychosis. I'm doing it happily. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I just, <laughs> Patrick Bateman, you know. Anyway, her protruding red tongue signals both modesty, which is a Bengali tradition with the tongue, um, and her thirst for blood. 
Her disheveled hair hints at the unrestrained bloodlust and wild woman persona, uh, while alternately uh, the metaphysical mystery of death that encircles life is uh, symbolized by her crazy hair. Her three eyes represents uh, omniscience. Uh, her voluptuous breasts are both sexual and nurturing. Uh, her nakedness is simultaneously represents carnality while being pure and innocent. Uh, her necklace of severed heads and the girdle of severed arms signifies her killing rage, but also tantric metaphors for creative power and the severance from the bonds of karma. And her stance uh, has dual meaning as well. Uh, she's got the respectable right-hand path of Tantra, which is emphasized by her right foot in a forward stance, while her infamous left-hand path, followed by the, quote, degenerate Tantric practitioners such as the Al Gore is downplayed. While her right hands are associated with positive, her left hands hold weaponry. Uh, depending on the number of arms that she's portrayed with, which could vary, uh, she usually has like a bloodied sword, a trident, freshly severed head and a skull cup to catch the blood in so metal however even these are symbols of great purpose um the sword symbolizes higher knowledge the head uh, is the human ego which must be severed in order to exit from the cycle of life and rebirth to find nirvana so um she's definitely a badass um she can be depicted in various aspects both as a terrible force of violence and um retribution but uh, she's also a loving and protective chaste figure now with all that being said I just want to say how much I appreciate you guys coming in to listen and uh, really just being a part of all of this and I wanted to share um this song with you guys at the end feel free to listen to it or just you know leave just leave um the band is called uh Nzwa, and the song is called kali deviko prasan karo and the album is called ma kali they are a black death metal band based out of new hampshire and um i couldn't help but throw this in there so hope you guys like it thank you guys for joining and uh I want to hear what you guys have to say, what your thoughts are, your takeaways. The links of the information that I used today as far as the historical context of Makali will be um, on Facebook and I'm going to try to pepper it in to uh, the, I'm going to turn that down for a second, try to pepper it into the uh, notes here too. So thanks again and I hope you guys have a great day. I don't know why I said that. Go forward in great power.